This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant leader, Josh Free. Josh is going to talk to us about this coming year, big priorities, where he's most focused, what he's excited about, and a lot more. Josh, can you take a moment, tell us a bit about yourself and where you're focused currently? Yeah, hi, Scott. Uh, pleasure to be here, as always. Um, uh, my name is Josh Free. I'm a, I'm a pharmacist, graduate of the University of Iowa. I've been in a variety of different pharmacy and healthcare leadership roles over the years. Uh, currently spending my time as, a, as an independent consultant, kind of focusing on pharmacy topics and uh, business topics, 340B program, things like that. And uh, also um, spending some time right now as the chair of the Oregon Pharmacy Coalition, it's our um, local um, uh, legislative advocacy group out, out here in Oregon that I've been involved with for, for several years. And, and Josh, take a moment and tell us about current retail pharmacy crises. What are you seeing? What's going on with retail pharmacies and how, how does that impact communities? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's been in the news a bit lately, and, and that's, that's kind of unusual. Um, this is not the kind of news we want. You know, what I would share is the, the retail pharmacy is kind of on fire right now. Uh, it depends on where you're at. Um, rural areas are hit harder, uh, for sure. Uh, but right now, you're seeing long wait times, um, stories in the news about wait times of long, you know, sometimes days, even particularly in, in rural areas. And there's just no question that that's going to impact people's health outcomes. It's it's almost, uh, in a way, it's becoming a access to pharmacy as a social determinant of health that we have never had to worry about so much before. I shouldn't say never, but it's it's getting attention right now, it's causing people to go back to the hospital because they couldn't get their pain met, uh, for example. So um, really, a lot of problems in retail pharmacy, they're, they're understaffed. Um, really uncertain finances in retail pharmacy. That's been the case for a long time. Uh, but yeah, retail pharmacies are really, really struggling right now. And if you combine the the various effects of the COVID pandemic on top of some of the underlying issues that were already there, and we found ourselves in uh, a real challenge. And, and what can they do, man? And you differentiate the CVS and Walgreens pharmacies versus the more independent pharmacies or the more independent pharmacies struggling a lot more. What do you see out there? Sure. There's not a ton of independent pharmacies left, to be honest. I mean, most of us are are in a position where our pharmacy that we have access to is a, a large retail chain corporate type, type of pharmacy. And I don't think there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with that. But it speaks to how challenging the business is that there are fewer and fewer independent entrepreneurs in this space. And really what I think has been going on is, We've had decades of consolidation in the PBM world. Um, so we have, uh, you know, CVS is a great example of this. There's a, a really a, a, a highly vertically integrated organization. Um, I, some people would use the word monopoly for some of their practices, and, and it's really pushed people out of business. So when, as a pharmacy, your reimbursement is completely dependent on the pharmacy benefit manager rates, and the PBMs have basically full control over that. There's very little negotiation. So you've got decades of, of reimbursement suppression coming from the pharmacy benefit managers that's uh, kind of squeezed the margin out of the pharmacy business. That leaves pharmacies tightening their belts around the only cost they have control over, which really is labor. So suppress labor for long enough, and eventually you push workers out of the workforce. And that's what right now, there's there's just not very many pharmacy technicians to hire for those pharmacies that are looking to 
to fill a gap. And, and, and when you look at this and you see like the CVS building out health hubs and Walgreens building health hubs, but you see so many of these that are being built out but not staffed or trying to get staffed, what's your sense of that? How are they going to get to the spot where those things move from being designed and ideas to actually staffed and going? How does that work? In the, what do you see happening there? You know, it, it seems like the, the Walgreens and CVS of the world have been trying to do this for a little while. Um, you know, we saw we saw this in, in the early 2000s, minute clinics and different things coming up, like alongside of retail pharmacies. And it just seems like over the years, people have kept trying to do it, and it hasn't really stuck. You know, in the same way that you see, you see all over the country, um, you know, health systems have clinics with an attached pharmacy or FQHCs where it's part of an integrated model. Uh, and we, we see those be successful to varying degrees. But the, 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 the chain retail pharmacies adding on that service, it just feels to me like they're all still trying to figure it out. Now, that being said, when you look at like a CVS Caremark with, you know, with between uh, Aetna, PBM side, the CVS retail locations, uh, you know, increasing presence in, with providers, with clinical practices, um, you know, I think maybe that's starting to shift a little bit where, where maybe these will stick. But so far, it doesn't seem to me that that's where the majority of of Americans are going to get their health care or for an urgent care need for that sort of thing. At least until they staff it well to where you have as, confidence, as much confidence to go there as you do your local health system, urgent care, or one of the well-established urgent cares. I mean, right now, there's usually many of the ones that I see – there's maybe one sort of PA there, one doctor there at most. And so it doesn't, you go there for your kid needs a physical to play their sport, something like that, but it doesn't seem like you go there yet for fuller health care. I'm sure that's evolving in different places in the country. I mean, Walgreens did this huge deal for Village MD to staff their farm, their pharmacies with real primary care and so forth, and we'll just see how that plays out, right? I guess, yeah, I think so. It, it is an extremely challenging market. I mean, there's, you know, the health systems can all speak to how challenging it is to attract and retain physicians, particularly in primary care. Um, so this is not an easy space to operate in. And I, I'm just not, I'm unsure, at least for me personally, like, is that is that how I want to get my health care? You know, I, and I, I admittedly, I'm a healthy guy. I don't have to access a lot of health care. But when I do, I like my relationship with my physician. And, um, kind of prefer that more personal touch. I think a lot of people would probably say that. Um, just so can that model provide that same experience that, that we're used to? Um, maybe attitudes have to shift in order for that to be successful. I'm not sure. Or they've got to staff up enough to make it feel like you really feel like you're getting served well. I'm not sure. So in terms of if you're a pharmacy business, the pharmacies, retail pharmacies, what are the big pieces of advice for this year? Where, where do people go this year to try and you know, improve their pharmacy, retail pharmacy business? What, what can you do? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, pharmacies are still in a, in a state where they have to manage labor really, really effectively. And uh, like I said, there's, there's just not a lot of people out there to even hire. That's probably not what pharmacies want to hear, but it continues to be the main cost they control. Pharmacies just have very little margin for error. There's no room for waste around inventory. And, you know, we've evolved more and more sophisticated inventory systems over the years um, to where that's, uh, you know, the industry is getting better and better and better at that. It's a lot of push for clinical services, some things that can 
bring some volume into the into the into the pharmacies uh, immunizations you know pharmacies do an excellent job of providing immunizations to the community there's plenty of demand for that right now with the covid vaccine and the boosters and so we see a lot of pharmacies going after immunizations and other clinical services as well and you know pharmacies are really a spot where you have to expand into other sorts of clinical offerings to stay afloat because dispensing the regular maintenance medications and you know refills of people's generics frequently pays a, a has a negative margin attached to it. You have to find other ways to be profitable. God, that's to, why you see so much. That's why you see so much expansion of these other clinical services. You see some of these lines around immunizations, vaccinations, stuff like that, and that's that. Not only they get paid for that, they've also got people coming to the doors, and so it leads to more business there as well. Absolutely. And let me touch on, you know, a little bit around just a- advocacy in the industry. You know, we're seeing those, those independents that are left uh, are, are in a spot where they need to be the advocates for their profession or independent pharmacy is, is going to disappear entirely. And so, you know, this is where I think the, the work that I've been able to do with the Oregon Pharmacy Coalition for, for the last several years is super important. It's one of the most rewarding professional things that I've had the opportunity to do. And to see independent pharmacists uh, around, our, around the Northwest come and uh, testify um, before our state legislature around the issues and the, the things that need to be fixed if we want to continue to to have independent pharmacies and to be able to serve the public optimally. Um, there's a, a variety of things that we've worked on over the years. And it's you know, really rewarding to see pharmacists come together and advocate for those things. Um, you know, priority stuff right now in Oregon, we're coming into a short legislative session. Uh, we're working on, uh, on some different things uh, to kind of change the dynamic with the pharmacy benefit manager relationship. Um, something that independent pharmacists tend to get pretty fired up about. Uh, and this honestly is uh, kind of, you know, we joke, we kind of call it the game of PBM whack-a-mole. Where you, you come up with one thing that you think is going to help pharmacies and level the playing field, and, and then a new tactic pops up, whether that's, um, um, uh, you know, generic effective rate contracts or MAC pricing audits. Uh, there's just a, a number of ways that, that we've had to try, to try to alter the landscape to help pharmacies be successful. Um, so we're working on some of that this year. Uh, very specific to Oregon, uh, we have uh, something in place called commercial activities tax, and tax on revenue. It affects most all businesses, but in pharmacy, that's, that's especially problematic because your, your rates are capped by what the PBM reimburses you, and you don't have the ability to pass that on, yet our vendors pass it on to us. We're not the only state to have a commercial activities tax, but it is it's detrimental to the pharmacy industry for sure. A variety of other Josh. things we're working on. No, thank you so much. What I'd love to do is have you back on to talk about the retail pharmacy crises, uh, maybe in another month or two, just to see what's going on, some updates on this, as we get through this vaccination season, immunization season, and see what's going on with the business and whether they're able to meet labor needs and pharma pricing and PBMs and all that stuff. Josh Free, always fantastic to visit with you. Thank you so much for joining us in the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it, Scott.